Hi, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Welcome. Glad you could join us. The show, that's Freeing America, One Enslaved Mind at a Time. But you need to take these digital broadcasts, because all of our broadcasts, even if you heard on radio, are digital, and you can access them in archives through digitized means. Share them. Our biggest enemy right now is, our biggest ally, let me start with this, is you people. You're our biggest ally. Our biggest enemy are the apathetic people in this country. And they don't know they're the enemy. They don't mean to be the enemy, but they are because they're so damn stupid. And you've got to help spread the word. We have to rise up against this tyranny, ladies and gentlemen, because if we don't, we're, well, let me put it this way. Our ability to oppose what's going on before they lock us down with AI, technocracy, all this stuff, it's limited. They're moving towards the lockdown right now. I mean, we're going to move into Australian phase. Australia is going to move into the technocratic phase, and then we'll follow them. We have a real limited time to turn things around, and it ain't going to happen with elections, in my humble opinion. But uh, on that note here, we are uh, starting a new direction on the Common Sense Show at least one day a week. We're going to have our former member of DHS. We're going to let him reveal who he is, but I'll just tell you he was from DHS. You knew him as Wrecker. And if you saw him, that well, guy qualifies as a bodybuilder and knows how to handle a gun and he's seen combat. <laughs> so he's pretty formidable but he knows what the hell he's talking about, but you already know that. And uh, we're going to do the Common Sense Show Intel Report, the D&D Report as we're going to call it, for Doug and Dave, and we'll let him get into who Doug is and, and all that stuff and a little bit about his background. And then we're going to launch into our first report today where once a week we're going to take intelligence-type issues and do an intel briefing with the audience. I think you're going to find this fascinating. Um, listen, Dan Bongino, I think, does a great job on Fox, former Secret Service. I like him. He's the kind of guy you'd like to sit down and have a beer with. He seems like a real person. But I got to tell you, I know Fox. If they won't talk about election fraud, can you really trust them? Do you think he has a collar on him? Well, we don't have collars on us. We can say whatever the hell we want. So anyway, uh, Doug, welcome to our uh, first Intel report together. And uh, we're like I said, we're going to do this regularly uh, on Fridays. And uh, I can't wait to launch this. And, and I think it's going to have all the appeal of Dan Bongino. But we're going to have more in-depth coverage because we have no censorship restraints. Dave, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man, this is going to be a great new venture for us. Uh, I'm very excited about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my name is not actually Wrecker, if you didn't know that already. <laughs> uh, my name is uh, my name is Doug Thornton. I worked for the Department of Homeland Security for almost 10 years, and uh, I had other things in my background prior to that. I was a private contractor. I'd worked at a sheriff's department before, and then I also had... Uh, Worked for uh, another bureau within the government, and then I also worked uh, while well, I was a United States Marine. I was a Marine Corps infantryman. I went over to Iraq twice, uh, had my good fights, and now I'm here doing this. And uh, you know the the amount of corruption that is in the government right now is incredible, and I'm very turbulent about the things that are going on. I, 
I want to say it like this. I want to be flat out honest with you. Is that what we see right now going on with the government is unprecedented. We have never truly seen this amount of deception, of lies, uh, of dastardly deeds, uh, the amount of socialism that has came out of our own Congress. We've never seen elements of within our government that actually supports communism to the extent that they protect communists and they go after pro-right-wing groups. Absolutely. Within, within our own government right now, if you are a pro-right-wing group, you are the enemy currently of this Department of Justice. They can't explain to you why. They can't tell you why, but they're going to say white supremacy. They're going to say that people who believe in the Constitution, people who believe in their Second Amendment, people who love their country, people who are out on the streets, they're fighting communists, and not just communists. If you want to be a communist, if you want to be a jackass, that's fine, but if you want to go out and hurt people, other people are going to come out and hurt you when the police, and I'm talking about you, Seattle, California, Portland, D.C., New York, whatever, when the police stop responding because of politicians, the people are going to have to take up their own defense. And it should not be beholden upon the people who pay taxes for a element of their own nation to protect them. So it's kind of like a fee for service at some point. If I'm paying my taxes for my police to be out on the streets, and they are, you know, they're targeting criminal gangs and criminal enterprises. They're, they're capturing uh, evidence that can put away child pornography or, or child sex slave abduction people. It, if they can do that, if they have all the time out there for, to do that, they have all the time to pull me over for not using a blinker for five seconds before I make a turn. If they have all the time to sit there and watch YouTube on their phone while nothing's going on until they're dispatched, why is it that in the middle of one of the biggest cities in America, Portland, when there are at least a thousand cops on during the day at one point, I know that, uh, why were there no one out there babysitting Antifa? Why wasn't there anyone out there protecting the civilians? How about protect the infrastructure? You can't let them tear up the roads and then target banks and then burn down, burn down part of your city because then you idiots, you lose your infrastructure, you also lost your industry. Everyone started fleeing when it came to businesses. I was there. I was there when Starbucks was hit like four days in a row. Starbucks, the group that supports these people, was looted repeatedly. Every single time I had to be deployed to Portland, they would just loot them constantly. It was hilarious sometimes to watch. Like, oh, yeah, they're, they're breaking into Starbucks again. I guess we'll walk down to the Starbucks on the other side. There'd be one side of Portland that was not touched at all, and then there'd be this other side that was utterly decimated. And no one could really explain to you why. That's just how they did it. There's the downtown district. And the police would literally not show up. So who would show up? This is what would show up. You would have your random citizen who's tired of it. You'd have your people that voted for Donald Trump because they believed in law. You had your people who uh, not voted in Donald Trump, but they did also believe in law. Then you had veterans show up. You had off-duty firefighters show up. You had people that were off-duty cops show up. 
You had people that come for protests because they did not like what was going on, and they swore an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And right now, we have a serious domestic problem, if no one's noticed the last four years. And people would go out there, and they would protect their streets. But yet, this government says if you came out there and you combat these people who who literally have posters of Mao Zedong with them, you are the enemy. So what does that tell me, Dave? So that tells me that either the government truly views this group of random people, and it's not a solid group, this right-wing extremist. It's not a solid group. There's 20, 30 different subjectives within this. But the solidarity that is in the left is enough to be a criminal organization, especially Black Lives Matter, more especially Antifa. And the fact that we never really targeted it the way it should have been. Now, me and my group, we did what we had to. We were doing the riot control. We were protecting uh, you know, the federal buildings and protecting people. So we're on the streets fighting them. But everything else that should have been in place to actually take them down was never used. So it has to be questioned at some point who in the Department of Justice supports Antifa. Who in Congress supports Antifa, and I'm not talking about just the vice president of the United States who supported it. I'm not talking about just the Speaker of the House who supported it, but who else supported it? Because the congressmen, they're all liars for the most part. The senators, yeah, they're all liars for the most part. But what part of the federal government actually supports Antifa to the point that you were actually hindering law enforcement operations to the point that you were actually getting more people hurt and to the extent that you then turned the organization of law enforcement within the United States and tried to say the real enemy are these guys over here waving flags. You know, the 60-year-old guy with one leg, then you have the 80-year-old grandmother. Yeah, that's the real enemy over there. Yeah, there's a couple of veterans over there. They're probably the leaders. Where the hell do you guys get this? I don't understand. I, I'm, this is part of the reason why I left. I can't do this anymore. I can't consciously get a paycheck and do this anymore. And I'm, I'm not going to really go into the extent as to why I left. If I did, it would probably blow a lot of people's minds. But I'll, I'll leave it to you like this, Dave, and I'm going to get it back to you so we can finally get back on topic. I have sworn an oath to this United States five separate times, a blood oath, to defend this country with my body to the extent of my death. I have never failed this country. And I will never fail this country. And even though I don't wear a uniform, I still carry the oath. I still carry the sword. And I'm not going to put it down for anybody. I won't put it down for Joe Biden. I won't put it down for Barack Obama. I won't put it down for Hillary Clinton. I'm not dropping it for Nancy Pelosi. That Skeletor-looking thing. I (laughs) promise you, until I am laid cold in the ground, I will still defend this country even if by now it's just me running my mouth. Dave, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. It's hard to be part of a corrupt organization, and it just, um, it is. And i got to tell you, this isn't going to be where we're going to more than likely go today, but I've made a decision. I can't participate in the political process anymore. 
Uh, I've been deeply enmeshed in the Arizona audit. I know the fraud that's gone on inside the audit. The audit that I now call the fraudit, um, <laughs> Doug, uh, that's why I call it the fraudit, because the fraudit inside the audit is as corrupt or more so than the corrupt election they were supposed to investigate. And I'm going to be coming out with a whole lot of revelations. I've already gotten some. I wrote two articles last week, and I was just warming up. But anyway, we're going to talk today about um, border uh, border control. <laughs> I think that's an oxymoron. The supply chain uh, and um, the mass exodus from law enforcement. And I'm hope we have time to get to all three of those. These are all shows in themselves. Um, you know, before we launch into this, let me take the first break a little bit early. That way we can have more of a, a free flow here. So, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things that I think are going to come to the forefront here very, very quickly for you is the importance of storable food. And you say, Dave, you're pounding the hell out of this. Yes, I am, because I know what's coming. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, supply chain's broken. We're eating next year's harvest. The meat packing plants still aren't open. They should have been opened immediately, never closed. They could have put National Guard in there with hazmat suits. They're putting National Guard right now in hospitals in Wyoming because they're short nurses because of vaccine mandates. They sure as hell could have done that with the meat packing plants, but they didn't. They're creating a meat shortage, a food shortage on purpose, so you can eat their frickin' plants, aquatics, bugs, and fake lab meat. And that comes out of the World Economic Forum, the UN. This is where we're headed. You need storable food. They're going to starve you into submission. There's no two ways about it. Now, I picked the best storable food company to represent, MPS. Restaurant quality food. I mean, I've tasted since this is good. I'd sit down at a meal and eat this in a restaurant. I'd be fine with it. Uh, 2,000 calories per day. Listen to this. 15, no, no, not 20, not 20, 25 year shelf life. Wow. And there's a sale. All you have to do is go to preparewithdave.com. How much do you need? Well, if you talk to my good friend Bob Griswold, survival expert, probably the best one in the country, Bob says you need two years in seats. DHS and FEMA that really I think undersell the issue tells you everybody needs six months, six months minimum. And you're saying, my God, Dave, I don't have six days. I know you need to get to work because when hyperinflation hits, you're not going to be buying any preps and hyperinflation is coming. And I can't tell you if it's going to be next week, next month. I don't think we have six months. So you got to get busy getting your preps, food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine. Okay, you need all that stuff, but we can start with the food. That's where it starts, preparewithdave.com. Also, communications needs to be at the top of your concern. When they shut down a city the size of Phoenix because we rise up, it'll take them 30 minutes to do it. And you're saying, well, what will happen? Well, you'll lose Internet, you'll lose phone service, you'll lose cell phone service. You will not likely use lose sat phone service because it's our system is so intertwined with the government, they can't just selectively shut it off. You're saying, oh, and there's text messaging capabilities here. And my greatest fear is, even though I don't live in the city, we're often in the city of Phoenix doing various things. And what if my family's in different parts of the cities when the shutdown comes? How would we communicate? Well, that's why I have a sat phone. And you say, it must be expensive. No, it's not. Uh, my sat phone bill is exactly one-fourth of what I pay for my cell phone bill. So, yeah, there's an extra burden there. But it's one that I'm willing to assume because I know what's coming. And you, as a frequent listener to the show, should also understand what's coming. So how do you find out more about the sat phone? 855-980-5830. 855-980-5830. 
call them. They're not pressure oriented. I don't pick vendors that will pester the hell out of you. In fact, I've dropped advertisers for being that way. Uh, we're very picky about who we take on here at the Common Sense Show. We reject 90% of all offered advertising. And we do it because we're serving a public's need. I'm bringing services to you that I think you need. And that's why I'm telling you, sat phone should be near the top of your list. 855-980-5830 for no pressure information. And you're going to walk away saying, me and my family better have this. And then you'll be linked up with other people with sat phones. And we're going to do text alerts on there. We're going to bring you news items that are breaking. Oh, it's called the Galileo system. We've got this all laid out, folks. It's a fantastic uh, communication network that is outside the control of Joe Biden and his communist allies. Well, we're talking with uh, Doug Thornton, and you're saying, who's that? Well, unless you've worked out with him in the gym or trained with him on the gun range or whatever, uh, you don't know him unless you served with him in DHS, the Marine Corps, or law enforcement. His name's Doug Thornton. He has all those experiences, and we're going to prevail upon his expertise, which we've been doing anonymously, but he was very restricted in things he could talk about, and he still probably has things... He can't say because they'd violate his security oath, but he's a lot more free to talk now because he's not bound by policy. Policy is different than, than national security. And so we've prevailed upon him to come on. And so, Doug, let's uh, go right to the border. Uh, Biden should be impeached uh, and taken from office immediately for violating our border laws. But uh, I'll, I'll use that as a starting point. Go ahead and take it from there. Well, I mean, just if you haven't been to the border, I don't suggest going and, and taking out your uh, your vacation time and visiting. But if you have not been to the border, just you can Google some websites and you can check this out. You have to see how bad the border is. So uh, previously with the agency that I used to work for, uh, I was stationed a little bit further down south and I visited the border quite a bit from Del Rio to Eagle Pass uh, to Laredo to Brownsville and McAllen, the entire Rio Grande Valley. So I have been there. I've been on the ports of entry uh, quite a bit and I've worked with Border Patrol. I've worked with Customs and Border Patrol and these are great guys, man. I mean, they have they have such a hard job. And if you're Border Patrol, if you're CBP and you're listening to me, I love you guys. You guys do great work. I love watching guys strip cars down and finding drugs and, and people in it and all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, the the places, you know, the places, and you know what I'm talking about, where uh, you strip the cars down, that is some of the coolest stuff I've seen in law enforcement. And it's a lot of fun. And I'll tell you this much, those, those guys are true Americans. They love their job. And the way they are being treated by this administration, strangely enough, right, by Democrats, the way they're being treated is just unpatriotic. It's despicable. It's downright devious. And when we saw all this, all this crap about 2018 when Ocasio-Cortez and a couple of the other idiots from uh, Congress would come out there and do the little grandstanding by some of the ports of entry or, you know, like a made-up parking lot with a fence and then they would pretend that they're crying for the children. That's all crap. Obama did that. When Obama was my boss, he did that. We were on the border looking at those at uh, the kids in cages. Those were his cages. That was like eight years ago for me, but I remember <laughs> looking at them 
And hey, it wasn't Trump that made it. They were already there. Now let me explain this to people that don't understand. When you cross the when you cross the border, depending on what sector you're in, there are there are little border patrol stations where they would take people and they would process them. Then they would be detained, and from there they're either going to get shuffled out to this agency uh, to be vetted out, and then to this organization to wait for a citizenship and for their trials. And then they would go somewhere in the United States. Nobody knows, but they would go somewhere. And then the other half would be almost within a matter of hours uh, after being caught. They would be processed, fingerprinted, all that good stuff. Uh, and then they're going to get put on a bus and then sent right back into Mexico. Or they're going to have their transportation arranged and they're going to be put on a plane and sent back to their country of origin. That's a hard job. That is a job I'm telling you right now. I remember getting on uh, in El Paso. I remember getting to the Border Patrol Station, linking up with my guys and linking up with uh, the agency that we're out there supporting, which was Border Patrol for the time. And already we had 70 people waiting for us to pick up and to process. Immediately after picking up 70 people, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when there's six of you, there's, that's a lot of people. And it's not just it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people you have to search. It's a lot of people you have to keep your eye on. You don't know if they have guns on them or not. You don't know if they have knives on them or not. You don't know if they have a suicide vest on them or not. Let alone, you're looking right across the border at the cartel who's waving at you, smiling and snickering. So it's a big threat within that entire area just to deal with these people. All right, then you process them. And after you process them, now i got to go and deliver them to someplace. Well, in between me processing and me delivering, you would have a group of 10 cross over here to your right. And then you'd have two or three stragglers coming up to you to join this group and then because so, it's going to take about 20 minutes to process everybody that'll give you enough time to probably have another 20 or 30 show up so now you're a little over 100 oh by the way you just got this call on the radio crossing i-10 right now is a group of 90 well where are we going to get all these people at you don't understand that the border is so open even the wall is crossable because it's not finished and it's conveniently not finished in cities where all you got to do is just walk down the fence until the fence isn't there anymore and bam you're in the united states and you can't cross just anywhere because there is some level of determinant from natural terrain there's some level of determinant from the border uh wall but for the most part it's wide open and it's not just that it's wide open there's no one coming after you because by the time you get that call that su such and such amount of groups or one or two or however many is crossing a sector, it might just be one patrol, uh, one patrol officer going over there. It might just be one border agent. That's dangerous. And then that person is waking on backup. So a lot of the times when you deal with these people who are crossing, a lot of the times, they're not fist fighting you. They're not trying to hurt you. They're not trying to kill you. Don't think that doesn't happen. But a lot of times, it's family units that are crossing. Or it's groups of three or four men crossing. You Rarely do you see groups of three or four women crossing. 
but it'll be these groups of men or these groups of children or these groups of families that the coyotes bringing over and that's what we're catching and that's what we're processing and dealing with in meantime you have x amount of whatever is crossing the border to your right nobody knows and x amount of whatever is going from the american border back into mexico so there is a north-south travel of a criminal enterprise that we're dealing with and a lot of the masses of people are coming they come straight to border patrol to turn themselves in a lot of times lately there hasn't been a lot of chasing now you will have that here and there but after we show up there's really very very few times is there ever any fighting going on they're there to surrender so what does that tell you dave someone's telling them to come here and to surrender back in the day they used to run for their lives and you have to go chase them now they're just oh hey here i am i'm on neutral ground i'm on home base uh what do you do with me well now i get to process you and now you get to be in a camp somewhere until you get released into America. Congratulations. Uh, that's what we're seeing, for the most part, happening on the border. Now, don't think that terrorists aren't crossing. Don't think that human traffickers aren't using this chance to move people or whatever they're moving into our border, into our southern border, and it's not being caught because we're dealing with all these mass amounts of people. Sometimes that gets lost in the minutia of what's Isn't really that the purpose? at Border Patrol. It is. Doug, it, Doug, me, let, me, it is let, let me jump into a controversial position and I'll let you take it apart as the expert. It's my considered opinion after listening to Biden in the campaign and watching Biden perform in his handlers that we're no longer dealing with ineptitude we're dealing with intentional treason to tear down the United States, to morph it into a communist nation devoid of any political rights. Uh, that's how I see this. You know, is that far off from what you think? My opinion is not far off from it. Once again, that's just my opinion. Uh, my opinion is if we have <clears throat> laws, we should enforce them. If we have territorial boundaries, we should be enforcing them. And when we get told not to, or when we are deliberately hampered by politicians that have to send red flags through every average day American citizen and then the officer wearing the uniform, why is this happening to me? Why am I not getting the support politically? Why am I not getting the support financially by allowing me overtime, by allowing me more gear, better gear? Uh, by allowing me more personnel because people are getting burnt out. Dave. We have a large mass of people that are in law enforcement, especially within the border, that want to leave. They hate their job. A lot of them love their job because they love protecting the United States, but they hate their job because there's no real border patrol. There's no real border security. You are a catch and release babysitting organization and it's one of the toughest schools you can go to there's some of the toughest and bravest officers that can be out there protecting this country and they're being made out to look like fools and they feel that way because of politicians every single one of you wearing the uniform that protect our border god bless you and what you do that's a hard ass job i'm glad i didn't have to do it the entire time i was in I love supporting you guys, but man, doing that every single day 
is unreal, and I can see how you guys get burnt out and you want to leave. Well, Doug, yeah, I, I, right. I, I, got, I want to interrupt you here for a second. I want to tell you this. I know two Border Patrol agents, and I've known them since um, the first Central American invasion in 2014. And this is there's something here that you're even skipping out on because you're exactly right in what you're saying. They're underappreciated, they're mismanaged, and it's not by their own supervisors. It's by people like Mayorkas, people like Biden. They're totally mismanaged. But here's another thing. They're being exposed uh, to not just COVID from these people crossing. Oh, yeah. They're being exposed to hemorrhagic fever, smallpox, diphtheria, anything you can name. So a lot of them are changing clothes before they go home because they don't want to infect their families. Yeah, I mean, you know, we had the reports of Ebola on yep. the border. We have the reports of plague on the border. Uh, one of the things that I've talked about the most that no one can still to this day explain to us what the hell we dealt with was this weird fungal-like uh, disease virulent that was all over a couple of the people that we had caught within a, a period of about two weeks, three weeks. And anyone that had this weird fungal, whatever the heck it is, uh, it killed them within a matter of days of being in our custody. And no one could tell you what it was. Uh, the doctors didn't know what it was. And it scared the hell out of everybody. I mean, when you're just taking baths and hand sanitizer, hoping to God that it kills whatever it was, you know, it. the things that are crossing the border, COVID is like really, really far low to me. It's a very, very low risk. The other things that are crossing the border are much more serious, and it's not talked about for whatever reason. Uh, the amount of criminal gangs that are crossing the border that just get, you know, they're in this rotation of, hey, uh, every couple months I need to go back to the U.S. so I get kicked out again. Uh, you know, these things, there, there are processes and there are laws and policies in place. They're not being enforced. You can't get a straight answer as to why, but a lot of the Democrats and politicians are on this big, you know, love me tour where they're like, oh, we're here for the people. Look at these poor people. Well, let's look at these poor people. Let's look at the 20,000 plus Haitians underneath the Del Rio Bridge right now, where now we're having to pull all of our Texas state troopers to go down there and babysit these people. Why? Because if my troopers aren't out on the highway protecting me from drunks and from deer trying to kill me while I'm driving, then what are they doing sitting there watching the Haitians go back and forth from our border every time they leave our border to go back over there, I believe, is another violation. And they're going to go get tacos and enchiladas and whatever else. It's a joke. They're building an entire bamboo village right now in Del Rio. And there are Americans the last time I've checked that live in Del Rio, Texas. I wish somebody in our government would observe that fact. There are Americans at risk in Del Rio, Texas. What is the government going to do about it? You shut down the entire world because of COVID. Not one COVID test is going on for every person crossing the border. Not only is it nearly impossible to do, and they're highly inaccurate. But if I'm going to be kept up to a standard, if our economy, Dave, is going to be kept up to a standard that tanks it, why is it that the rest of the world gets to come into the quote-unquote free world and not have to take the same test? 
And then when they come in, they get all these great grants and, and, and things that the government likes to hand out, but we have people in the Appalachians who don't have power. We have people in Detroit who don't have clean water. we got people in Baltimore who can't go to school because the damn gun violence is so bad. There's not an explanation for it, but they're flooding people from the third world country who are not Americans. And I say that as in they don't have the same values. They, they weren't raised the same we way the same way we were to appreciate what America is. And they're bringing all these new things into America that is only really benefiting one group, and mm-hmm. it's the Democrat. Yeah, well, well, they call it deculturalization, what's going on. And it's happening in Europe. England got scolded, scolded by the UN Immigration Commission, and they said, you're not letting in enough people. The purpose of immigrants is to flood them from cultures and religions and languages different than the host and overwhelm the culture and deculturize the national sovereignty and identity of the nation. Why? Because it makes it that much easier to blend a disunified nation into a new world order. That's why this is happening. And it's happening all through the first world. Uh, So I'm one of those guys who I completely believe that there is a new world order happening. I say that because a former president told me so. Uh, George Bush, thank you very much for promising us the new world order. You know, at this point, Dave, I'm ready for the alien invasion. I really am. <laughs> at least there would be some solidarity in, in the world, and we'd unite together under a new world order to fight the green alien invaders. i, I got to ask you. This... You, mean, you mean the guys <laughs> from outer space? <laughs> Nanu, Nanu, what? take me to your leader, those guys? Hey, they said it at the UN. Why not? Yeah. You know, at, at, at some point, there's going to have to be something that unites us. And if it's not communism, because uh, obviously uh, the Declaration of Independence isn't uniting us anymore. If communism isn't going to do it for us, what is going to unite us? Is it going to be the worldwide virulent? Is it going to be yeah. the worldwide police state? These, It's happening. You said Australia a while ago. Australia right now, their law enforcement is scouring through the dark web to look at social media mm-hmm. yeah. to see if you're talking about protesting mm-hmm. the COVID restrictions. Give me a break, Australia. You don't have anything else to do with your law enforcement except go and bother uh, Teddy and, and, and Susie May over here about, you know, hey, you posted some stuff on Facebook or Twitter or TikTok that we kind of want to talk to you about. Were you the thought police? Were you the Gestapo? Yeah, I already did a podcast on this. I called it pre-crime, and it comes to Australia. And that's exactly what they're doing. They're making criminals out of people for talking about protesting. You're exactly right. And we're headed in that direction ourselves. By the way, I've got video from Australia that I'm going to be uh, putting together a special on on our TV show a little monologue myself, and I'm going to be showing, although the Australian people seized the, the, the authorities seized the guns seven years ago, they're now shooting Australians with these guns in their backs as they run from the tyranny of the protests and how they're being handled. And I saw one guy bludgeoned to death, and I've got the video. I don't know if I'm going to air it because it's so graphic, but we see him talking. My skull's been broken open, uh, and then he dies right there on the spot. And this is at the hands you, of the Australian police. I, I'm telling you, Dave, between Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and Europe, I don't know which one I'm, I would be more afraid of. Uh, I watched a video probably two weeks ago 
and it was a mother being drug out of her apartment in front of the grandmother while the children were there. I believe they were cooking by, uh, I think it's British officers in full hazmat suits, the Tyvek suits, the white suits with the duty belts over it. And she's being drug out because, what, she had COVID or she didn't take the vaccine? I, I'm not really sure. But the mere fact that she was drug out of her home without what I would perceive to be a lawful warrant for violating some sort of a crime shows you that tyranny is afoot. <laughs> it shows you that tyrannical governments are rising, and they're rising at an extreme rate. And eventually it will happen in this country. If we get another Democrat in as a president, we are going to face the minority report, and it's going to be the reality report. You're going to be pegged for thought crime. How dare you go and protest against what the state says? Are you a member of the state-sponsored religion or the state-sponsored free speech club? It, this, this type of crap spews to me exactly what Goebbels wanted, exactly what Hitler wanted. This is exactly the same, the same type of detail that we're talking about is what helped create Mao. It's what helped create communist China now. I mean, that whole social credit score point that you have to have, if you don't have so many of them, you can't even travel. You can't get on an airplane. You can't get in a railroad. You can't even leave the country if your social credit scored at a certain point. Well, you, you have to be a good little boy and girl, or the government's not going to like what you said, and they're going to come after you for it. This is America last time I checked. It's something that I'm surprised I ain't got it tattooed on me. I got enough, I got enough stuff tattooed on me. But I believe still in dangerous freedom. I still believe in the American frontiersman. It's something that uh, my podcast I'm going to be making along with a YouTube channel. Yeah, talk, talk about that. About talk it. about where you're going to go with, with, with things because you're going to be coming on here as a frequent guest, and we'll do the Intel report. But you're going to go on your own venture, aren't you? Yeah, we're going to have a podcast. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, American history, proper American history. We're going to be talking about war. We're going to be talking about politics. We're going to be talking about law enforcement. So everyone loves to hear me run my mouth about it. We're going to be talking about a, a couple things here and there on survival and preparedness and community preparedness and the way to, to get the mass of America out of the supermarkets and eating fake meat and GMO, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about all those things, but we're going to be bringing to you what history actually looked like in the United States and how dangerous it used to be just to be a frontiersman in the United States. Unfortunately, America's been conquered. There really is no wilderness anymore. And if you want to go out in that wilderness, you better have about a million dollars because someone always owns the wilderness and no one can ever tell you who it is. I know I've recently tried to go out into the wilderness and look for realty, and I don't have that kind of money, Dave. And oh, I hear you. So I hear if, you. We, if, if we can't go out to the wilderness and we can't survive on our own and be Americans and be this living machine of freedom and independence and rugged individualism, then we're going to have to do it in our backyard. We're going to yeah. have to do it in our suburbs. Well, we're going to have you. to do it in our cities. Doug, we got to step we got to step aside just for a second because we're we're gonna we're running into the forbidden zone of no break. So let me uh, take care of that, and then I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, you mentioned border uh, issues. Now we've hit that a little bit. I want to hit the supply chain 
because I talked about oh, that yeah. with storable food earlier in our ad. But, ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to talk to you, too, about the coming economic collapse. Uh, we're going to be approaching with the passage of the $3.5 trillion bill and other things. We're going to be approaching $40 trillion of debt. You know Congress just increased the debt ceiling. Listen, things are going to hell in a handbasket. Gold is escalating for good reason because they know the fiat currencies of the world are going to fail. And America may be the last to fail, but fail it will because you can't live this way indefinitely. So what do you got to do? You got to prepare for the post-collapse and coming out the other side in good shape. Uh, saving dollars ain't going to help you. And you really only have three options today, gold, silver, and and uh, crypto. Now, let me just say this real quickly, folks. There are other things out there, palladium, uranium, and stuff, but that is such an obscure market and it's so unstable. I don't refer anyone to that. Uh, gold and silver and, and crypto, Bitcoin, that kind of thing. That's where you need to be, and you need to reallocate your assets. Now, I represent Noble Gold, and I used to just be an advertiser. Now I'm a customer many times over. And what I'm telling you is Noble Gold, no pressure. They're trained not to pressure you. They'll send you free materials for you to review. But they will tell you what I'm going to tell you. If you're cash heavy in the bank, you are going to get your backside handed to you in the near future. You need to diversify. Gold has held its value for 6,000 years. Silver is going to explode on the market, particularly as infrastructure projects start under Biden with uh, uh, deficit money. And then you've got uh, crypto. Crypto has been, they tried to eliminate it. Uh, the governments did, but they couldn't do it. So now they're joining them. The banks are embracing crypto. There's 21,000 ATM machines with crypto. And so Noble Gold will get you into what is appropriate for your situation, and you'll come out the other side. Now, you'll take some hits. We all will. But you'll come out the other side more whole than the person who just says, well, I'll just kind of ride with it and stay with my bank. Well, they'll come out the other side, and there'll be no bank. There'll be no IRA. There'll be no 401K. And see, Noble Gold specializes in protecting those investments. How do you get a hold of them for a no-obligation discussion to protect your assets? 877-646-5347. 877-646-5347. And then finally, uh, you know, we talked about food. Well, if you have food, you darn well better have water. And so we looked for what I thought was the best water filter out there. And there are some good ones, but the best one is the Alexa Pure Pro water filter. They sent me research compared to their competitors on what they filter out. They're number one in the industry. It's not even close. And they don't have a huge marketing. So they come to people like me, but they are really, in my opinion, the best product out there. They're also offering their product now for 40% off while supplies last. The Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter it can turn standing water into drinkable water. You'll have no trouble finding standing water in a crisis, but on the fifth day of a crisis, the Naval War College says waterborne illness is the number one cause of death. Well, then you better be prepared. And that's why you want the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. How do you get it? Go to waterwithdave.com. It's really easy. Preparewithdave.com for the food. Waterwithdave.com for the water. And then you're on your way to meeting your needs. So we're talking with uh, the former wrecker. You know, we've retired his name. Uh, we used to call him a federal LEO. We've retired that label. He is Doug Thornton, formerly of DHS, formerly the Marine Corps contractor and so forth. So he comes at this issue with a variety of experiences and expertise we're going to draw upon with the Intel report we're going to present every Friday. But I want you to get into the notion of the supply chain 
supply chain shortages because Doug, this affects what I offer for advertising on the show because I want to help my audience. Well, I mean, and, I'm gonna say this: we only got about ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. So let's hit this real quick. So last year we had a huge supply chain shortage because of COVID. Uh, toilet paper was one that made people want to get into a civil war over. Uh, paper products is going to be affected again here recently. We're going to start seeing a shortage again, according to what I think it was Costco came out and said. So don't go panic buying just yet, but I would, if you're trying to go to the grocery store, I'd make sure you buy your extra toilet paper, your napkins, your plates, and all that other good stuff. Uh, when it comes to the supply chain shortage, understand that gas is going to be affected. You may have electricity get affected if you're in California. Uh, food is always a thing that is very contentious within this country. If you are short on food, you are going to be in a world of hurt. A world of hurt is not where you want your children. I'm a dad. I understand the need of bringing money to the table, bringing bread back home. So make sure you already have it stored. Not just the supply chain shortage for food, but there may be a supply chain shortage for change. You may not have your coins. You remember that last year? We can't give back any, uh, any oh, yeah. small change. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pennies and nickels and dimes. Absolutely. We went, we went out to eat last night before we went to a concert. Saw the Eagles, probably in their farewell. Great time. Had a fun, fun time. We're not going to any more concerts, though, because we're not putting up with getting COVID tested before we go. But we had had the tickets for a year, a year and a half, actually. So uh, we went. But I, I have to tell you, we went to The Habit to eat. It's a good place, a good hamburger place. You know, it's not diet food or anything like that. But it's a good hamburger place. And they don't take cash. They didn't take coin. You had to use a credit card. You know, eventually the credit card's going to fail. What, what do we do when we don't have the backing of gold? We don't have the backing of our military for, to you know, back up our petroleum dollar, and your credit card can't buy anything. If you don't have the ability to barter with physical currency, you're going to get screwed. And if you can't buy food, you're going to be in a world of hurt. The survival food, the storage food, the stuff that Dave sells on his website, please, if you have extra money to go buy beer, Skip your 24-pack or your 48-pack and just buy a little bit of extra food, even if you don't use it pack. right now. There are those guys out there. Even if you don't use it right now, it's something that's there. It's something that you can barter with. You can barter with food. That's the reason why I live on a farm. You can barter with chickens and eggs and, and geese. You can barter with turkeys. You can barter with horses and, and cows and goats. You can make your own food. I think America stopped one day and realized that they don't have to make their own food anymore, and that really put us on, on a dependency. And we need to get back to that. We need to get back to eating good, clean food. The food that Dave sells on his website is good, clean food. It's something that you have there. It's a little bit of extra support that you have stored in your closet. It's, it's not just something to eat constantly, but it's something that you can extend your food with, with a big 50 pound pail of rice you can extend food you can go to dollar general and you can spend a hundred dollars on canned goods and come back with quite a bit of food yeah you know, don't but, but don't doug, worry about let, 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 i want to i want to i got to throw this in doug the problem with buying from grocery stores and retail outlets for food is people buy what's on sale and they buy in bulk with what they like and then three months into it they realize they have an imbalanced diet 
they get sick of eating the same crap over and over and people research actually shows us we habituate to food we'll stop eating and even starve to death so th this is why i like the storable food we sell because they sell in balanced meal sets the meals are pre-prepared to be balanced and this is why i don't recommend doing that now is it okay to have a backup of six months of rice absolutely sure it is but if you think you're going to eat rice every day and survive, that's not going to happen. No, no, you got to have you got to have protein. If you don't have protein, you're not going to be working in this upcoming environment. Uh, you got to have something that's beyond starches and empty calories, and that's why I say be careful of some of the stored food companies that are out there. Some of the shadier ones, they don't they they have what we call empty calories. It's not very good for you. It'll give you calories, but it's not going to give you the aminos. It's not going to give you the fats. It's not going to give you the protein. Those are things that you need to get up and to work, to, uh, if need be, to fight an upcoming civil war that may happen. The, you have to have a full, balanced meal. You may not have the greatest tasting, but you can save plenty on buying salt, on buying sugar. You can have flour. You can make bread. Bread has sustained man since God gave it to us. I am a big supporter of eating bread. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit of a of a bigger guy. I love my bread. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't turn anyone down from that. But it's a good sustainer for energy. It's something you can easily pack with you. Now, when it comes to all these things, if you have these pre-made meals, you got to have water. You got to have clean water. The Electric Pure uh, Pro Water Filter is a good one to get out there to. Uh, harness raw water and then turn it into good clean water and I like it I like that idea I have probably 20 different kinds of water filters at my house but you know what I do with them Dave I test them the problem with a lot of people who buy a lot of this stuff is they don't test their equipment so the day it comes when you're in that bad spot and you pull it out of its pretty package you don't know what to do with it or you don't know if it's effective or not so get your equipment and test it Get your food. Taste it. You may know, you, hey, I need extra Tabasco. I need extra salt and pepper or all season. Make sure that whatever that you're eating, it brings a warm, good kindness to your heart, to your kid's heart, you know, to your family. Because eating bland food constantly, like I did in the military with MREs, sucks. That's the reason why they started putting Skittles and, and M&Ms in it way back in the day when I was in. Because it gave you a little bit of an uplift in the heart. Make sure you have some of those little tasty, you know, goodies and chewies that you can have on the side. I'm not saying, you know, stock up on candy, but sometimes it does help. Uh, the food is one big thing that we're going to see with the shortage uh, coming. The food, the toilet paper, baby wipes, diapers. Man, I can't tell you, I almost saw two women get in a fist fight at a Dollar General over baby wipes and diapers. So if you have the time, I would strongly suggest stock up. Stock up. Do not sit there and listen to what we're saying and say, ah, it won't happen to me. We all said that last year. I got caught in the point where I was standing in a three-hour line trying to buy bottles of water. Yeah, yeah. And stupid, stupid me, I have a water purifier and a pond. So that's what we started doing. My goodness. I, I Listen, <laughs> you're getting wisdom here from someone who's been in the field and had to learn how to survive. Um. What do you think the biggest mistake people make in their preparation? Hmm. Not having enough. Honestly, it's not having enough. People don't think about batteries. People don't think about AAAs and, and 
one, two, three batteries, the CR one, two, three batteries. People don't think about double A's and D cells. You know, the things that you have for your light source, uh, this last winter that hit was really hard for Texas. Uh, our incompetent Texas electrical grid destroyed a lot of stock for a lot of people, killed a lot of people, Dave. It killed a lot of people last year, a severe winter storm. So people don't think about stocking up on cords of wood. People don't think about stopping up on propane tanks. Uh, you know, sources of heat, not just to cook your food, but to keep your body warm. Uh, they don't think about the gas and the extra oil that they need for generators. There's a lot of people, Dave, who don't have generators. Uh, if you're like me and you live out in the woods and you have a well, well, that well uh, pump runs off electricity. And if the power goes down, I have no way to pull water out of the ground. So I have a generator for that. Uh, if you live in the city, you know, what is it that you need the most inside a high-rise building if the power goes out? Well, for starters, you need to be able to see. So candles are a cheap option. Lanterns are a cheap option. I would suggest staying away from oil lanterns. If you're in a high-rise facility, uh, you could buy battery-operated. If you do buy battery-operated, buy plenty of batteries. Uh, there's, there's always a shortage of batteries at some point in time. So stock up on batteries. That, that's that's a big thing. What do you, you think about like solar flashlights? Um, some of them are military grade. What do you think about the solar light panels, the small ones? Say like about a um, oh eight inch by ten inch, uh, and they're solar powered. So, what do you think about those? For the solar panels, I'll tell you this much: uh, the company that I like the most is Gold Zero. They are, uh, they don't sponsor me or anything, but I've used Gold Zero. Uh, we used it in Haiti. We used it uh, here on the farm a couple times. We've used it, you know, out in the woods a couple times, uh, just testing it out. They have a very, very good product that I find to be superior to everyone else, and it's extremely easy. You don't have to know joules and watts and kilowatts and all this other crazy stuff, but when it comes to solar panels, the bigger, the better. No, I don't mean I don't mean panels for your house, I and mean, that that's kind of a given. And a lot of people are doing that now. But I'm talking about buying like a four inch by five inch um, uh, device that's charged in the sun, and then kind of lights up the night. I mean, it's good. Yeah, uh, anything that helps out with you sing at night is going to be an added advantage. Uh, there are a bunch of products out there. I'm sure you know of a bunch of products that are out there. I. I Seeing in the dark means a lot. I would tell you that if it's it's a it's an easy way to harness the sun to recreate electricity, and they typically aren't that expensive anymore. Back in the day, they used to be ridiculously expensive. Now you you, you know they're sold everywhere on Amazon. Uh, I would strongly suggest you could put it in your backpack, you could put it in your vehicle, and it's there. They have solar uh, flashlights. Exactly. I, I, exactly. My prop, my personal problem with solar flashlights is you're not going to get as strong of a lumen as you will have out of a battery operated. There's a few that do. do eventually go bad. But we're going to have to hold it right here because we are flat out of time, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be announcing uh, the launch of the media of Doug Thornton, aka Wrecker. But uh, right now we got to close. We're going to have him back on a weekly basis. And we'll be tracking his progress as far as getting off the ground in the media. Uh, Doug, thanks for joining us, my friend. We got a scoot. Take thanks, care. Thanks, Dave.